This is Joshua Bell with the Kilt on the Cloth. This was my sermon from January 10th, 2021, where we reimagine our baptisms. I hope you enjoy. God bless. My scripture this morning is taken from the book of Luke. As we remember our baptisms, we read these words. As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn up unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened. The Holy Spirit descended on him in in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son. With you, I am well pleased. So this morning, we're going to talk about baptism. I know the world has this idea that we we should be talking about all kinds of things, that we should be talking about politics, or we should be talking about uh, the ways that we deal with uh, each other, and how do we voice our anger in the midst of our depression. But this morning, I want to talk about baptism. You see, even in the theological and liturgical calendars, today would be the day that we celebrate Jesus' baptism. See... Remember that we were in just in Christmas not more than two or three weeks ago. And so here we are in this journey as John the Baptist has prepared the way for the coming of the Lord. And in the midst of that moment, we find ourselves at the next to the Jordan River. Where John the Baptist has been baptizing people that were coming by. And, and just so that we make some clarification, it's not really that strange that he was doing this. John the Baptist's character, on the other hand, that's written, was rather strange. He was dressed in really shoddy clothes. They always talk about it being camel hair. They talk about his diet where he survived off the off of locusts and cactus and wild honey. They talk about how, how uh, bearded he was. In this moment... We find ourselves trying to understand a little bit about why it was that Jesus wanted to be baptized by John the Baptist. I mean, John the Baptist himself even says, I'm not worthy to tie the shoes that you walk in. It is you that should be baptizing me. And here we find ourselves coming to this place, talking about baptism some several thousand years later. Trying to understand where it comes from and what it means to us as those that are followers of Christ. So I want to take just a moment and, and talk a little bit about the Christian church disciples of Christ and understanding of baptism. When I was a child, I remember very clearly that I was not allowed to have communion when if, if I had not been baptized. And it was one of those things that it was very, very important. And 
And there were some other restrictions that took place with baptism because it was one of those, you're not a full-fledged member in the church in this. You've been fully immersed. Thank God we have changed our theological stance on this. In the Disciples of Christ, we believe wholeheartedly that everything that we do is from no book but the Bible. And so therefore, everything that we do, we have to be able to say that it says it biblically. So for example, let's just talk about it for a second. Jesus himself is baptized by John the Baptist, not the twelve disciples. We always tend to forget this story. You could look in through Matthew and Mark and Luke, and I'm, and I'm going to tell you from the bottom of my heart that the twelve disciples do not get baptized at the same time that Jesus does. It almost would water down the story. Otherwise, the whole idea of the stained glass where the Holy Spirit descends in the form of a dove and alights over the top of Jesus, it loses its oomph, if you will. Even when we get to the book of Acts chapter 2 and the Holy Spirit comes around again, the Holy Spirit has arisen and arrived, and, he, and, and the Holy Spirit flies above the, the people gathering like tongues of fire. And it says some 3,000 people were baptized that day. Nowhere does it say, and the 12 joined in that excitement. So for the centuries, the Christian tradition has believed that that must have been the place that the disciples were baptized because they were not ready to understand what it meant at the very beginning of the gospel. You see, baptism is not something that we look at or we should come to lightly. And for us, it doesn't matter when or how you were baptized. For example, those that grew up in other faith traditions that were baptized as infants, the words that were said at those baptisms mean as much as they do for us today. So for us in the Christian church, disciples of Christ, we believe that baptism is something that we hold sacred it's a sign of our faith. Some might say it's an outward expression of an inward feeling or connection to God. You see, baptism then becomes not a separating piece like they did when I was a child. It's not a separating piece that says, if you're not this, then you're definitely not a follower of Christ. What it does is it connects all believers in the name of Jesus the Christ. So therefore, we cannot negate anyone else's baptism. This is a very important distinction to be making in the year 2021. Your baptisms, no matter how you came to them, mean something. Now, in the last 10 or 15 years, I've had people that were baptized as children. And like I was baptized around 9 or 10 years old. And I kind of knew what I was saying. I knew all the Jesus words, right? Because when I was a kid, remember, the only reason I wanted to get baptized was so I could have communion with the adults. I remember when I first started in youth ministry, there was a kid that would say, I, I just want to have communion so that I can have the snack along with everybody else. And I remember thinking to myself how poignant that idea was, that baptism then for some reason or other, not only was it a connection piece, but it was a place that said growth. 
From this point forward, as I acknowledge my baptism, or as I have been baptized, I am a different person. Now, I want you all to hear me say this, because I'm going to get on a soapbox in a minute. Being a baptized Christian means that you are different than the rest of the world. Your actions, your words, your deeds matter more. Because you're not just representing yourself at that point. You're representing something greater, bigger than you. Something that was filled with love and compassion. Something that was slow to anger and quick to love. Something that would not take the opportunity to start things in a negative way, but start them in a loving way. Being a baptized Christian, according to the Bible, means that you have decided to put yourself aside and be a representative of something bigger than yourself. This is an important distinction in 2021. So I think about baptism a lot. You know, it kind of comes with the territory as a preacher. I get to do baptisms whenever it happens. It used to be that we only did it at certain times of the year. And then as the denomination kind of continued to grow and discuss how this worked, we decided that it's not just available for Lent or for Palm Sunday or for Easter. Baptism should happen when people are ready. The way has been prepared. And now it is time for us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So let's go back to John the Baptist. So John the Baptist is standing next to the Jordan River and he's baptizing these people. And as a Jew, this is not unheard of because the cleansing rituals that they did all the time based off of Torah had to do with the way that we treated other human beings as well as the way we treated ourselves. So in a lot of senses, John the Baptist just took the temple baths and started to use them out by the Jordan River. Of course, now he's kind of talking about it in a different way, which is ultimately what gets him in trouble. <laughs> I remember going to Israel, and we were standing next to the Jordan River, where they assume this is where Jesus was baptized, because there was this church built by the Crusaders that's called the Church of John the Baptist, across the river, which none of us were allowed to go to, that this is the place that John the Baptist lived, ate, breathed, baptized, and ultimately gets arrested before he's beheaded in this one place. And I've told parts of this story before, but the part that's very disconcerting for me as I come to this moment of us remembering our baptisms, I was met at the place of Jesus' baptism on the Jordan River by signs, little yellow signs on the side of the parking lot that said, please do not step out here because these are minefields. You will die, what the sign says. Both in Arabic and in English and in Hebrew. And then as you come out of the parking lot off your charter bus, which was extremely weird and disconcerting to me, you come to this visitor center, of course, and it's beautiful, but you're not met by visitors. You're met by Israeli soldiers holding machine guns, looking at you in the face, saying, listen, you only have 15 minutes 
to see the place that you're here for, you need to hurry up and make this go fast. <laughs> and at the time, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm still frustrated because everything seemed to happen so fast that we rush over to the corner away from everyone and, and our professor, Dr. Kathy McCauley, starts reading the baptism scripture and we're trying to make this thing holy, this special place, this moment where we connect to Jesus in the place that he was baptized, the beginning of his ministry, all the while knowing that we have more than one Israeli soldier with a machine gun staring at us, behind us, looking at their watch, rushing us along in this momentous occasion. I remember that just for a moment, the Israeli soldiers allowed us to go close to the water, and we were not allowed to get into the water, but we were allowed to touch it, put our feet in it, but to hurry it along. And then to come out of this place just completely discombobulated, I, I started to remember and understand where the scripture starts talking about this moment. This is my son, the beloved, whom I am well pleased. You see, Jesus himself would have had his own empire that he would have had to deal with, with the aspect of Rome and every aspect of his ministry had to deal with somebody standing behind him. Maybe not with machine guns, but definitely with spears and swords. Watching every word that he says, listening to everything he says, watching everything that he does. Why? Because he's, well, an insurrectionist. For the glory of God. And the love of all of God's creation. The Roman Empire would have struggled with that idea because Rome was in charge. So it makes you wonder why it was that Jesus felt that at the beginning of his ministry he needed to be baptized. How does one start out fresh, new, Start off by cleaning ourselves, attempting to grab onto something that's pure. You know, one of the weirdest things is, is that I, every day during my trip in Israel and Palestine, I couldn't wait to come back to the hotel room to take a shower, just to wash the grunge and the muck, and for just a moment, just to take my mind off of everything that I had seen and. And just to just have that moment to come out. And then you know how that feels, right? You walk out of the room after being extremely filthy. And it feels just wonderful. Like you're, you have a whole new day ahead of you. It's almost as if you can rest at that point. But that's still not the point that I want to make about baptism. I had thought about doing this thing where I was going to turn into Mr. Rogers this morning. You know, like I was going to put on the red sweater and I was going to give you an, a, an adult version of a children's sermon because, let's be honest, most children's sermons are preaching to the adults in the first place because if you do it in the name of a child, it seems to be okay. So just imagine, if you will, that I put on my red sweater 
and, and, I've, and we've sung my theme song uh, as we come into this, as I start to talk to you a little bit about baptism and what it means to us today in 2021. A lot of times in our life, we struggle with anger. It comes in many different forms. And, and, and this anger seems to come in such a way that it's aimed at people, it's aimed at society, it's aimed at ourselves, it's even aimed at God. This is a piece of who we are. We also come to our understanding of life with love. A place where we love our families. We love those that are close to us. We love, we love I don't know, I, I love barbecue. Uh, we like pizza, because I don't like pizza anymore. We love, we love all kinds of cheeseburgers, but really ultimately love comes in different forms and different ways, and that's also a piece of who we are. And as I was trying to prepare some of this, I, I, found, I found these really cool things at Hobby Lobby, which I don't ever go to, not for any reason. It's just I stick me in a craft store, I'm never coming out. And a lot of times we come to this place with uh, a sense of faith where we were brought up. And, and, and it could be the tradition that we grew up in, or it could be just the fact that I believe in God outside of a church, but there's a faith and understanding of who we are. But in order for that to happen, you have to have a place of belief. A moment where I profess that Jesus is the Christ and I am choosing to live life a different way. For us, that belief comes in the form of Jesus Christ, our Savior. It comes in a place where we believe and understand our understanding of God through Jesus the Christ, who we live, breathe, and try to act like on a daily basis. So we come to that moment where, if we're being honest, we bring a lot of things to God. And all of us have different needs and different issues. And every place that we bring these things to God, they, they come from different places in our heart. And sometimes they're beautiful. Sometimes it's as ugly as the life that we find ourselves in. And not everybody finds God the same way. Not everybody gets to feel the presence of God through love. Not everybody gets to find the presence of God through a faith tradition. Not everybody has this understanding of where we find and believe in hope. You know, faith, love, and hope abide, but the greatest of these things is love. Sometimes we get distracted about our faith. Sometimes our faith gets distracted by, oh, I don't know, things that we read on the news. 
Sometimes it's the things that we see on social media. <laughs> Sometimes, God forbid, we see it from our own church members. Or even our leaders. Our faith comes from different angles and different places. And sometimes it can be as black as this rock. As my daughter says, you know, as black as my soul. But in all seriousness, all of us come to our faith in multiple ways. So when we say things like, Remembering our baptism. Our baptism seems like a distant memory. Something that we haven't been able to connect to in forever. And sometimes our baptisms were a beautiful occasion. And sometimes we don't remember them at all. But in the midst of that moment, we still come to an understanding of baptism. fresh start a new hope an expression of our faith that's not just for us but it's for the world to see that I walk in the footsteps of something bigger than myself and however you come to it it never goes away you don't lose your baptisms you don't it doesn't go away now, as we throw all these things inside of this place, I, I want to explain this vessel. Being the fact that I'm going to spend a whole week in Hebrew. One of my favorite stories is the book of Genesis about the creation of the world. And I remember this children's sermon from when I was a youth minister given by our senior pastor at the time. And somebody asked, one of the children asked him, what does God look like? And I remember him taking a balloon and blowing it up and saying, you see how the air goes inside the balloon? Well, God's like the air inside this balloon. It takes shape, it takes form, but it goes anywhere and everywhere. And then I remembered my Hebrew class. You see, in the beginning, when the world was dark and void, God hovered over the water. And as God hovered over the waters, the creation began, in my interpretation, by the ripples of God's feet dangling over the water. And as the ripples created, the world became a thing. It became a structure, of, a, a place that had shape and form. God was there. Then as God created the earth and the sky and the waters of the seas and the oceans. It filled that void with the presence of God. And there was a separation between the earth and sky in the expanse. There was a place there where humans eventually came to walk on God's creation inside of this now created thing. Where we walked in the footsteps and end in end 
with the Creator God through the garden. The place created for humans, you see. And many, many, many eons later, an individual by the name of Jesus came after the way had been prepared. And Jesus, well, Jesus wanted to connect to that Creator. And as he hovered over the water, and as he put his head into the water, he came out as something different, something new, in the same way our baptism. Now here's the part I really want you to focus in on. You remember all those little rocks and all those little places that we come into? People ask me, how do I know that God is in control? Well, in the midst of our creation, there isn't a spot that God is not. Even in the nooks and crannies of the rocks and in all of those things, God is there. Where we have a void, God fills it in the midst of our creation. So I want to make this something sacred. I want to use this that when we come back together as a congregation we're going to remember our baptisms and I'm going to have this at the back of the sanctuary when we all come back together and you will all each be able to reach in feel the presence of God and pull out a rock so that you can remember your baptisms that day even though we're separated we're still connected by our faith but I need to bless this moment. Would you please pray with me? Almighty God, in a world full of chaos like at the very beginning of creation, where we felt a void or a sense of disconnect, God, we ask that you would take this moment as we remember Jesus' baptism and we remember our own baptisms and as we create such a place that is beautiful in your sight, give us a place of rest, a sense of comfort, a balm that soothes our soul. God, we ask that you bless this water, the life-giving essence of your creation, as it fills in the voids of these stones and these pebbles that represent each and every one of us. We ask, O oh God, that when we come back together, we may feel a sense of your presence together. We ask, O oh God, that you bless this time and this moment in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, in whom we place our trust and our faith. Amen.